Welcome to this podcast of sermons at CUNY United Methodist Church. And now a reading from the Holy Gospel according, according to Matthew. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Nephalti, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Nephali, on the road to the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen great light. And for those who sat in the region, a shadow of death, light had dawned. From the time Jesus began to proclaim, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every sickness and disease among the people. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Our reading today is the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. And Jesus had made a fresh start, had gone from the life he had been living to now having followers. And our our gospel writer, Matthew, um, talks about a lot of different places where things happened were important. And so last week, we heard about how Jesus went down to the river to get baptized. So Jesus, right here, Nazareth, this is where Jesus grew up. And he goes down, woo, way down here. That's where John was baptizing people in the Jordan in Judea. There was, up here is Galilee. That's where Nazareth is. That's where Capernaum is. And then there's Samaria right here. Those people were different. They, they followed um, Moses, but in a different way of where they worshipped. And you've heard about Samaritans. And down here is Judea. So Jesus had gone from Nazareth all the way down here to be baptized. He went down river. And he went south. He was baptized by John. And then John was having troubles. John had, was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was spil- filled with the spirit of truth and goodness. And he spoke that truth out loud, which got him in trouble. So we'll save those details for another day. But suffice it to say, John got arrested. And Jesus went back up to Galilee. But instead of going home, he went over here to Capernaum on the north side of the Sea of Galilee. This is a topographic map, so it makes it easier to see elevation. And you can see Nazareth is kind of on a high plain. He goes to the Sea of Galilee, to Capernaum. Nazareth was where Joseph and Mary returned to after their flight to Egypt when Jesus was little. And it was not very big. Today, it's actually a pretty decent-sized city. Back then, it was like 400 people out of the way. 
Um, and it was a good ways from Jerusalem. Jerusalem on this map right there, way up high and, and quite a bit uh, way south. So Samaria is in between and it's quite a ways away. But Jesus went to Capernaum, right up there on the Sea of Galilee. And that Capernaum was a fishing village, had about 1,500 people, and was on a major trade route. See right here, that little tiny dot, that's the Sea of Galilee, major trade route right here called the Via Maris. See, Latin, Via Maris, way of the sea. And this trade route linked Egypt with Mesopotamia. So Jesus has gone to a, a fishing village, decent size, 1,500 people, with folks passing through all the time. It was in the ancient land of Zebulun and Naphtali. This is a map of the 12 tribes of Israel. When the Israelites left Egypt and conquered Canaan, the land was divided up among the 12 tribes. It was actually 11 tribes. We have, um, because the Levites, the tribes of the priests, they were um, in each of the cities. And Zebulun and Naphtali, they're these ones right up here. So they're the farthest north. Jerusalem's way down here, right there. They're far away from Jerusalem. And we hear from the prophet Isaiah that it was from this land that the light from God would come. It was 600 years ago the Assyrians arrived, a huge empire. And they arrived in the north first. And they conquered that land. They invaded and they conquered and they killed and they raped and they plundered. Those people had seen a great darkness. And the prophet Isaiah says, those are the people who will see this great light of God. That a light would dawn. Jesus. And so we hear what Jesus had to say. Would you read these words with me? From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Jesus was the light of God. And Jesus proclaimed, and he healed, and he cast out demons. And the truth is, he didn't need help. He didn't need anyone, like Andrew was asking. And yet... God seems to have always preferred working through God's people. And so Jesus called followers, disciples. Jesus called them and he would teach them how to be disciples. And he would teach them how to make disciples, how to call others. There were lots of teachers at Jesus' time who had disciples. A person would decide, you know, they would hear these different teachers and and choose a teacher they wanted to follow and go ask them to be a disciple. Jesus was different. Jesus went up to people, apparently out of the blue, and said, come follow me. Jesus chose his own disciples. And they left immediately, we are told. To be clear, fishing was a pretty decent life. They were not leaving, you know, a dead-end job or whatever. They had a pretty good life. They were working with their family, which is a wonderful source of security. Simon and Andrew worked together. They were brothers. 
James and John were brothers, still working with their father, which tells us they were in, you know, young adulthood. And they left all of it to follow Jesus. Now, we aren't told why. What, why did they leave so immediately? Maybe there had been, you know, they'd heard Jesus for a while and they had already decided to follow. So when Jesus called them, they were ready to go. Maybe Jesus was just so charismatic and so amazing to be around that they immediately were drawn. And when Jesus said, come follow me, they came. Or maybe they're a little more like us. Where when things are bad, we seem to be more interested. You know, you hear a good news story, eh, that's nice. You hear a bad news story, and we're interested. <laughs> or a politician names the good things they've done, oh, that's nice. A politician names how awful their opponent is, and people are like, yeah, let's get them. So maybe their enthusiasm with following, like ours, was they thought they were joining the opposition. We don't know why, and I'm not saying Jesus was like that. But it turns out Jesus can work with all of that. Jesus can work with anything. And so they got started. Would you read this with me? Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and curing every illness and every sickness among the people. Jesus went on to call others, the eight other official disciples, and many other men and women. They became quite a large group, quite a company, traveling around Galilee, is a dis, you know, about the size of the Treasure Valley. And every one of those people that Jesus called had unique gifts that contributed to the overall mission. Unique gifts that were needed by the whole group. Some must have been gifted at administration, at, at keeping things organized. Some must have been gifted at caring for those, nurturing those who were in need. Some must have been gifted at, at you know, building and maintaining, you know, the stuff that they needed, their tents and their buildings. Some must have been gifted at leadership, at calling groups together. Some must have been gifted at, at theology and knowledge as they connected what Jesus said with the teachings of the prophets. Every single one was gifted in their own way, in their own unique way. And every single one contributed to this mission, to this mission that only lasted a year in the Gospel of Matthew. God had given each one gifts, had already given them gifts, the ones named, the ones who weren't named. God gave them this unique, special to them mission in life. It was a piece of a mission that was something so much bigger than them, and God still does it. God is still at it, still gifting each of us and giving each of us our own piece of God's big mission. And every part matters. Your part matters. You matter. Your mission matters. And this year matters. 
Jesus came with the mission to establish the kingdom of heaven. That's what God was up to back in 30 AD. God is still up to it in 2023. And God won't do it by conquering like the Assyrians did. God won't do it by coercion or by guilt. God establishes the kingdom by calling us. By calling God's people. Giving each of us a call that so perfectly aligns with who we are and what our greatest joy is. And then we jump in with our giftedness. We use our talents and our time to build up this goodness. And we establish this kingdom with God while simultaneously learning about it and being formed by God. God's Mission is built on the call of each one of us, and every one of us matters. You matter, your mission matters, and this year matters. From the time when Jesus called those folks at the Sea of Galilee until he was crucified, died, and rose from the dead, and then sent those very same people out to make disciples, that was one year in the Gospel of Matthew. So that year really mattered. This year really matters. You matter. Your mission matters. And this year matters. So make this year count. No matter where we are in life, a fresh start takes us into making this year count. For teenagers, it might feel like it might feel like that you're just beginning to figure out who you are. Like Mary, who was a teenager when the angel came, and she didn't wait, and Mary mattered. Maybe you're in early adulthood, and you're you know you're building your life and you're getting your career figured out, like James and John, who were still working with their father. And when Jesus called them, they didn't wait. James and John mattered. Or maybe you're in midlife and you're feeling like the life you thought you were building is not the life you have at, that, at this point in life. Like Paul, who was a Pharisee, who had built up, you know, who'd been educated and built up a good reputation as one of, you know, a good Pharisee. And then Jesus literally knocked him off his horse and he started anew. And he didn't wait. Paul became one of the greatest missionaries of the church. Paul mattered. Or perhaps you are in late adulthood, thinking, I've contributed, there's nothing left, you know, for me to contribute. Like Anna who was 84, we're told, when Jesus was presented at the temple as a baby. Anna was at the temple, and when she saw him, she didn't wait. She praised God, and she told everyone about this child that we had been waiting for, for the redemption of Israel. Anna mattered. No matter where you are in life, you matter, your mission matters, and this 
year matters. God has called each one of you. God has given you amazing gifts in your very creation. And God has given you a mission. Sometimes we hear the call clearly. We know exactly what the call is. Sometimes the call in our life is more like a still, small voice. Sometimes the call does not make sense. I remember feeling a call to preaching as a little child, except we didn't go to church. Like, that didn't make sense. I went to church occasionally with my grandparents, and back in those days, the Gideons gave you little Bibles, you know, at school. And I would go out in the shed and play church when I was not really a church-going person. So sometimes our calls don't make sense. Perhaps you have a call. Perhaps you have a call to teaching. Perhaps you have a call to music or to art. Perhaps your call is about feeding people through farming or through cooking. Perhaps you have a call of caring for people by building homes or or all the different ways things need to be maintained or by fixing cars. Whatever your calling is, it matters and it contributes to the kingdom of heaven. You matter. Your mission matters. And this year matters. Thanks for listening. This podcast is preached almost always by our pastor, Reverend Mia Crosswaite. CUNA United Methodist Church is a community on a mission to make disciples for the transformation of the world. To support this podcast and the missional priorities of this church, go to cunaumc.org and click on Give. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you things.